whatever you need him to be. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to set every captive free. I'm glad I know Jesus. And I'm glad Jesus knows me. I'm glad that you're a part of this service. What a great move of the Spirit at First Church, and we are grateful. If you have your Bible, I direct your attention to the Gospel according to St. John. I'll read from the fourth chapter. St. John chapter 4, I'll begin reading at verse 27. Read a few verses there. We're thankful for all of our guests that are here. If you're visiting with us today, we trust that if you don't have a home church, that ours will become yours. We would love for you to have First Church as your church. Lorenzo, I'm so glad your family's here today. We love you all being here. Thank you for being a part of this service at First Church. Amen. Keith, I'm glad your brother's here. So happy to see you here. I appreciate you being in the house of the Lord. And I'm glad Jesus is here. He is. Verse 27 of St. John chapter 4 says, And upon this came his disciples and marveled. They were amazed that he talked with the woman Yet, not one of them had the courage to say anything about it. Like, what seekest thou? Or, why talkest thou with her? They thought it, but they didn't say it. They didn't have the courage to say to Jesus, what are you doing? Because what he was doing was a new thing. I I want everybody to understand what we're preaching at First Church. He is doing a new thing now. God's doing a new thing now. They didn't didn't have the courage to say, what's he doing? The Bible tells us in verse 28, a powerful passage right here. The woman then left her water. The way she came, she didn't leave the same. Man, I feel like that could preach a little bit. The woman then left. When you come in contact with Jesus, you don't leave the same way you came. I want somebody to know today, He's doing a new thing now. It's time for you to leave your past in His presence. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and began to witness and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She went from being a woman with a water pot that represented who she was and became the most effective witness in that region with one experience with Christ. Wow, what God will do for you today. He's doing a new thing now. You just need to leave your past in His presence and watch God work. I believe He's going to do it. If you do, put your Bible down, your hands together, or lift them high, and begin to shout unto God with the voice of victory. Come on, somebody ought to dance in advance as to what the Holy Ghost is going to do for you. I don't have to leave the same way I came. I don't have to leave weighted down with the cares and concerns of life. I have a God that said He will do for me what I need. Somebody that believes a miracle is going to happen in our midst. Go ahead and give God some prayer.
praise right now. Come on, worship Him because worship works and the Word works. Is there anybody that's been praying? Is there anybody that believes that God is doing a new thing now? If you do, go ahead and celebrate it in this house. We worship you, Lord. And you may be seated. The story that I shared a snippet from in our text this morning begins at the very first portion of the passage from which I read. Verse 1 of chapter 4 says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, tells us that he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. When you leave Judea and you say to Syria, to Siri, hey Siri, give me directions to Galilee. Siri will present a plethora of possibilities. Anytime I tell Siri where I want to go, she gives me alternatives on how to get there. This is the fastest route. This is the route with the least turns. This is an option that you have. And so I, I, I'm going to give you just a real quick opportunity to, to guess which one I pick. I pick, the if I see fastest, it doesn't matter to me if it's like this. It does, if it says fastest, that's the one I'm clicking on. That's the one I want to go. I want the direct route. I want the quickest way to get there. It doesn't matter. It, it could say, and sometimes it does, tolls required. I don't care if I have to pay to get there faster. And sometimes, let the record reflect, that I do have to pay to get there faster and it has nothing to do with tolls. I want to get there as quickly as I possibly can. I want to get there so that I can get to my destination in a time that is satisfactory. When Jesus and his disciples asked Siri for directions from Judea to Galilee on no one's phone, on no one's grand McNally. And some of you have no idea what that is. No one anywhere had on the course of their destination a trek or a track that would take them through Samaria. Samaria is not on the way. Do you understand what I'm preaching to you right now? It is not on the way. From Judea to Galilee, you have to go out of the way to get to Samaria. So what are you saying, Pastor? You're, you're spending a lot of time here helping us to understand a geographical lesson. No, I'm, I'm trying to help you to understand that when... Jesus wants to do something for you. He will go out 
of his way today to get where you are. I want somebody to understand it's always been his plan on this Sunday to do something for you. I don't care if he has to go all the way up and down every aisle until he gets to where you are. He's headed your way today. And it may be out of the way, but when you can't get to where he is, he'll come to where you are. I were here today and I had a need, I'd be excited to know that God doesn't just go with the plan. He has his plan. You know that the disciples had to be had to be scratching their head like, why are we going here? Why is it? I know that this is not the path. The last time we went Judea to Galilee, we did not go this path. This is an uncharted path. Why are we going this way? And they, they did, the disciples were not plugged in to his plan. I want to tell you something that we appreciate the fact that when we come to the house of God, I have a service outline. If you'd like to see it, I have one every Sunday and every Wednesday and I try to kind of follow a plan, but I never want to get in way of the spirit. And if the spirit says, Hey, there's somebody over here, I want to do this. I want to say today, God, whatever you want to do, I'm with you because I can preach till I'm blue in the face and often I do and it won't get anything done unless the Spirit says I endorse it and I'll do it. And whatever I want to do, I'm going to, I want the Holy Ghost to have its way to, I want the Spirit to speak to somebody and help them out of the hell that's happening in their life. Somebody ought to believe that God has a plan and what God's plan is, is always the plan. So God, if you want to go there, okay, we'll go that way. And they did. And apparently, I'm just surmising now that it took them a little longer to get there than what it would have normally taken them. And so, on their journey, I surmise that one of the disciples said, man, I'm kind of getting hungry. Yeah, me too. Anybody getting hungry today? I'm going to hurry and preach as quick as I can because I know it's the only thing standing between you and whatever it is you're going to do. What are you having today, Wanda? Did I hear you tell me? Chicken. All right. I'll, could you put your address in my GPS? I'll be there soon. They, they started getting hungry. They're like, I, what is that? Ah, there it is. There's the Samaria Mickey D's. I think I'll. God help them if that's what choice they made. But they, they, they saw that there was something there, and so they said, "Jesus, we're we're kind of hungry. If it's all right, we're just gonna go over here to. They they got a deal on Big Macs today. We're gonna get us a couple of Big Macs. We'll catch up with you in just a minute." He said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go over here to Sychar. I'm gonna go." Where Joseph had a well and you, you boys just catch up with me. After you get done eating, you come on back and I'll be over there and I'll be waiting by the well. Jesus went to this well. And when he showed up, it was not a time. I'm going to tell you some tricks you may not be aware of. But did you know you can put a restaurant in your phone and you can find out if you want to go there what times it's really busy? What times it's not so busy. And if you see a restaurant that's never busy, don't go to that restaurant. Put that in your phone and you find out this is really busy at noon and it's really busy at six and it's really. They, they knew 
It wasn't in their phone, Sister Shelby. They didn't have that back in the day. There was no Google service for them to check out. But they knew, people knew, word had traveled that there are certain times that the well is really, really busy. And this woman, she checked it out and she found out that this time, at this particular time of the day, it's not really busy. She decided, I'm going to go get my water pot and that's when I'm going to go to the well. You say, well, why, why would she do that? Because she didn't want to wait in line? Because she, didn't, she didn't, didn't think that she'd be able to get the water in a time limit? No, 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 no. She didn't go to the well when it was really busy because she didn't want anybody to see her or her water pot because of who she was. Really, when you sum it all up, she didn't want to go at that time when everybody would see her because she didn't want anybody to see her past. She was ashamed of her past. Hmm. My, ain't nobody running the aisles. I don't know. I'll get out of your way. No, nobody's running the aisles. Nobody's excited. When pastor starts talking about our past. Because every one of us. Have one. Every one of us have. A past. And I'm glad today. That you don't know everything that's in mine. And I suspect. That probably you. Are glad. I don't know everything that's in yours. Because there are things in our past that we're probably not proud of. There are things in our past that we would like to go back and correct, but we can't. And so this woman doesn't want anybody to see her in her water pot. So she sneaks off at a time that is quiet, in a time... There's nobody else there. And she goes to the well. And while the disciples are at Mickey D's, Jesus shows up alone and sees the woman at the well. What I love about Jesus is he knew before he left that she was going to be there. And that's why he must needs go through Samaria. Look at verse 4. It says, and he must needs go through Samaria. Why? So they could eat Nicodemus? I don't think so. I think the reason why he went through Samaria is he knew that there would be a woman at a well with a past. And Jesus loves to talk to people that have things in their past. And he loves to interact with them and help them to understand that he did not come with a judgmental attitude to come and out her and say, "Ah, I got you there. I'm getting ready to tell you how bad you are. No. He went to her and started a conversation. I want you to understand something, church, that we at First Church must never be or become judgmental about people and their past. If you start that, I got a suggestion for you. Get out of mirror. You want to start talking about, well, I can't believe they did this, and I can't believe they did and now they're there and they're doing that. I just don't yada 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 yada. 
Get your mirror out. You look in that mirror. And if you see some perfect angel in that mirror, know that it's the wrong side. Because there is no one. I said there is, somebody needs to hear me in the hall. There is no one among us that does not have a past. But when Jesus steps onto the scene, he's got something to do other than condemn you about what's in your past. He's looking to give you a future that is bigger and better and brighter than anything you had back there. I want somebody to know today that we at First Church are all about you coming in his presence and saying I'm going to leave my past in his presence. He starts talking to him. I'm thirsty. Anybody thirsty? I'm thirsty. When you're thirsty, there ain't nothing that does it like water. Anybody ever had well water? Cold, crisp. Mm. Come on, somebody. Yeah. He says, Give me the drink. You know what she does? She's like, what are you, what do we got going on here? Because you know, you can tell by looking at me and looking at my water pot that I am a woman of Samaria. And for those of you that don't know, Jews don't talk to Samaritans. There are certain groups of people. There are certain ethnicities. There are certain, I want to tell you something, that we here at First Church are not racial. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. So you know who I want to walk through those doors? I want everybody that's breathing to come through those doors and know we want you here. I don't care what socioeconomic status you have. I don't care what color your skin may be. I want to know, does your heart beat? And can the blood of Jesus cover you? That's who we are. I'll tell you, we need to not be so condemning about people and where they come from we want to know where they're going he said you ain't supposed to be talking to me he said he didn't say it but this is what he was saying I'm going to do a new thing now I don't know if you know this but I've been preaching this. Brother Clyde can tell you. I love Brother Clyde taught that lesson. And he mentioned like six sermons that I preached. I'm like, thank God somebody's listening. Brother Clyde, I've been preaching that he's doing a new thing now. He's doing a new thing now. Wait now. Jews, Jews aren't supposed to talk to Samaritans. Yeah, I know, but he's doing a new thing now. So Jesus starts this conversation. If you want to know more about it, I can't preach all of it because, you know, Fried chicken's got to be fixed here in just a little while. We got can't talk about everything, but he starts talking with her. Jerry, he starts conversing with her. She starts to feel comfortable enough to converse with him. And he said, oh, if you could only get a taste of what I have. I'm asking you for water, but if you could drink from the fountain, the fountain that I have, you'll never thirst again. She hadn't heard anything. She lived in a past 
that everything was condemnation. She lived in a past where everything was problems. And now she's talking to somebody that says, if you take a drink of what I have, you won't need a water pot. You won't, you can have a drink that you'll never thirst again. And that gets her attention. You know what I want people to have get their attention? I hope they like our logo. I hope everybody likes First Church. I hope and pray all that. And I was I was trying to be as best prepared as I could for that. But then I'm like, I can't wait till I get to preach the word. Because this church isn't about a logo or a name. It's about somebody that when they come in contact with Jesus, they say, I want to go to that church. I don't care what their name is. I don't care if they have a logo. I want to go there. We get them in any way we can. But when they get here they say I like to have a conversation with somebody that doesn't condemn me that loves me enough to say I got something for you that will change everything Jesus changes everything here now oh I like that part of the song she's interested in this water that she could drink and never thirst again so Continues to converse with Christ. And you know what he says? He challenges her. He doesn't condemn her. He challenges her. I want you to know when we're preaching and you feel something, don't let it be condemnation. Let it be a challenge. He said, he said, go tell your husband. He knew. Some of you don't know. Yeah, I'm getting ready to tell you. She didn't have a husband. She'd had five of them. But the one she was living with was not her husband. She was living with somebody that wasn't her husband. She'd had five husbands. So needless to say, she had a past. And Jesus knew that she had a past. He said, thou hast well said, thou hast no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. Anybody glad Jesus didn't show up here today just calling you out on your past like that? they put the logo up on the screen. I don't want them putting up everything I got bad in my past. She was looking around. She's like, I'm glad I came when I came. Guess what? If you're looking around, worried about what, what others might say about you, what you need to know is every one of us had to come the same way that you came because everyone here, preacher to back pew, has a past. And we, at one point or another, had to leave it in his presence. It's called repentance. And she's like even more mind blown when she thinks about, he's talking with me and he knows what my past is. Guess what? I don't know it and you're glad. He does. And you should be glad about that. Because he's able to, he's able to fix He's able to. Why? You know why? That's why we get so excited. That's why we celebrate. That's why we give out certificates when people get baptized in Jesus' name. Because you know what that means? They said, I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. And then they're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it washes all that sin away. Oh, is there anybody thankful for the day that he took your sin away? Is there anybody thankful that he said, yeah, I know what's in your past. And I'm going to take care of that past. What you need to do is leave that past in my presence. starts this 
continual verbiage with him and starts talking to him about things that you, I pray that you'll take time and read this. And She says, he says, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now, granted, understand this, that at that moment, she did not have a full revelation of who Jesus was, Diane. She didn't know that standing before her was God robed in the flesh. But she's starting to sense, she's starting to feel there's something different about this guy. I'm not, I don't think I've ever met a guy like this. And I know something or two about guys. You don't think she'd had a problem with men? Are you kidding me? She'd had some problems. And now she's talking to a man and she starts to sit. Hey, I want to tell you something, friend. It's no fun out there. I want to tell you what sin does to people. It destroys their lives. It makes them feel worthless. Even in the news this week, we read about a ball player that took his life. So I wonder why that happened. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter how much money you have or you don't have. I'm going to tell you something about this world. This world is an evil place. And it's working on people. And it's convincing. I can't fathom. It's convincing people that this life that they have is worthless. It's the most precious commodity that we could ever have. And when we give it to God, it changes everything. It can take somebody that's suicidal and turn them into a great witness for God in just one experience with us. I want to tell you, the reason why we preach the way we preach and worship the way we worship is that God can change everything about your past and give you a bright future no matter how. How dark your past is. She says, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Let me just tell you something else about us. Here's what I want you to understand. That we are not critical of people's level of understanding in the scripture. I want people to come that know everything about the Bible. And I want people to come that know nothing about the Bible. Because Jesus is the Bible, the Word. I perceive that thou, let's not be critical of people's limited understanding of the Word or of our, of our church or, let me just say it like this, or even our church culture. Let me just, let me just help us right now, okay? There are some people that don't feel comfortable doing what we do. Yet, be patient with them. Now, I just I want I'm I'm wanting to help you here as a pastor. I want you to understand, Brother Moody back in the day would run the aisles all the time. Now, I've gotten him in trouble, Sister Moody, for doing that. So now you know what he does. He just runs around this pillar. doesn't mean you have to be an aisle runner because Brother Moody's an aisle runner. People that love to jump, let them jump. I'm not a big jumper. It hurts my knees. Some people like to cry. Let them cry. But they're not not feeling the spirit if tears aren't flowing down their face. 
Some people like to laugh. Some people like to clap. Some people like to wave their hands. You do whatever's comfortable for you. But don't try to make me do something that I don't want to do. Let's be patient with people when it comes to the understanding of the Word of God, church culture. I think it's so cute. These little girls, they get out and run the aisle. That's cute. That's wonderful. Thank God. They've seen it. They worship. They, but that doesn't mean that your kid has to run the aisle to be a part of First Kids. Hear what I'm trying to say today. Let's, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now, reading this, we're like, duh. Of course he's a prophet. He's told you what's going on. He's telling you the thing. Yeah, but in the moment, she's not getting all that. So let's not be so critical because what were we? Who were you before he came out of his way to a well where you had a checkered past and said, I'm going to take care of your past if you'll just lay it in my presence? And such were some of you. So we see that the Savior starts conversing with her. And when she says, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. He does what we want to do. Just continue to share and to speak and to let the Lord talk. And to, then the people get revelation. And so she says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour, the hour cometh. It's going to happen. When you shall neither worship me in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let me tell you who we are right here. This is a church that worships him in spirit and in truth. I think you have to have both. I want somebody to know I think we ought to have spirit. I think we ought to worship with everything on the inside of us. We ought to give God our best worship. But we don't stop there. I believe that when you mix spirit and truth, then you have a powerful combustible force that brings the miraculous. I pray that we would have worshipers on this Sunday that would say I'm going to do both. Preach a message. The address of the miraculous. And it's at the intersection of spirit and truth. And I believe the address of the miraculous is right here at the roundabout. I believe our first church is having revival at the roundabout. As I close today, I direct your attention to verse 25. It says, the woman... The woman speaks to him and says, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And that's when Jesus, that's when Jesus shifts from explanation to revelation and says, I that speak unto thee am he. The one that you're looking for. The answer your emptiness, the solution to your scenario. But pastor, you just don't understand. You you can't possibly understand what I'm going through and you don't know the details of my dilemma and you, you, you can't even begin to fathom 
the financial situation I'm in. You can't even begin to imagine the hurt and the pain that I'm dealing with. And you're right about all of that. But the one that speaks to you in this sanctuary on this Sunday, he sees and knows all things. As you stand with me, let me declare, as he declared, that who it is that you feel tugging at your heart and who it is that you hear his voice speaking to your spirit and who it is that you hear the voice of it's Jesus it's Jesus that's why we sang the song Jesus 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 this great revelation unfolds This great revelation takes place in the Bible. The Bible says, some came and said to themselves, what's he doing? What's going on there? What's happening at that altar? What's taking place? Because when we come and people know this about us, that about us. This is in our past. Or that's in our past. One of the greatest things that, that the man of God shared with us this week while we were at Renew Conference is if you can't forgive other people, he can't forgive you. Whoa! What? It's Bible. If you're holding a grudge, you need to put it down. You got circumstance and situation that won't allow you need to lay it out you need to leave your past in his presence so that he can reveal himself to you the bible says when his disciples came up and said hey see what he's doing see who he's talking to he's talking to you know that look at her she's can you believe he's talking to her? I can't believe he's talking to her. they didn't they didn't say anything didn't say anything to him and the Bible says without a word the woman I, I, I didn't know where it was for a moment I don't know if y'all saw me looking I was trying to remember where I put my water bottle because I wanted to illustrate that I'm going to forget about it and I forgot about it because you get in the presence of Jesus there's something about it. He causes you to forget about those things that are in your past. Because when you ask Him to forgive you of your sin, He forgets. She exampled that. The Bible says the woman then left her water pot. And she goes to a city. And the Bible, I think on purpose, says that she witnesses to the men. Do you understand what I'm saying? A woman that has been married five times and is, was, was living with someone that wasn't her husband now becomes a credible witness to men. Why? Because when Jesus changes you, everything changes. It's more than a song. What was in your past, it's not there. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. She says, come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She knew it was knew it was because he's the only one that you can leave your past 
in his presence and become powerful no matter what you were. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Everyone please in the sanctuary, bow your head. Close your eyes and be reverent to the spirit that's speaking in the sanctuary and know that God would like you to be willing to be transparent as the woman was and recognize and admit that he's speaking to you in this sanctuary and that you have an opportunity today for him to do for you what he did for her. So if you're here today, there's something in your past you'd like to forget, you'd like him to forgive. I want you to slip your hand right now. Please, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. There are hands that are being there are hands that are being lifted all over this congregation. You can put your hands down. Here's what I want to tell you right now. Who cares who sees you walk from where you are to the front of this building? Because at the front of this building, there is peace, there is strength, there is hope, there is help, and there is forgiveness. And God will give you a fresh start. And God will give you something that will change you. I want everybody that needs God to do something for you to walk to the front of this building right now and not wait on someone else there were multiple hands that went up and there were others that didn't that should have because every one of us today can say we need God to help us we need God to forgive us we need God to do that miracle of forgiveness for us I want somebody to come and to leave your past in his presence you don't have to leave the same way you came you can walk out of here different than you've ever been let the Holy Ghost do that for you as they sing would you come everybody that will come to the front of this building And if you have what you need, pray with someone else that they'll get what they need. God, God does and will forgive. Come on, somebody experience it. Somebody experience it today. If you don't have the courage to come, would you just kneel at your seat? Would you somehow, someway pray and talk to the Savior and let Him do for you what He wants to? Let the Holy Ghost help you. Let the Holy Ghost heal you. Let the Holy Ghost deliver you. Let Him set you free. Let Him give you that 